Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have Jaquavius Curry, or J.J. Curry, as his friends know him. Uh, he's come by the show today to talk about his career in stand-up, uh, growing up in Georgia, uh, being a member of our armed services and even a member of the military police in our armed services. Um, interesting character with a lot of good stories. Thanks for stopping by. What's up, man? Oh, thank you, bro. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So, you know Darcy. Yeah, I know Darcy. How do you know Darcy? Just from the, the, the circuit? Yeah, she got me out. We did some hot yoga. She oh! Wasn't there, though. She wasn't there. I mean, she, she just came to my and it's opened the door for me, and then... Oh, she, she just led me. you there. Yeah, she led me to the path. She's like a recruiter or something. She She's she, a... Yeah. She's like, I got friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot yoga, I did that. I did that in my in my late twenties, early thirties. I think it would kill me now. Oh. I mean, putting on my clothes is hot yoga anymore. <laughs> I just sweat my ass off and up and puffing. The, the first time I done hot yoga it was it was with a date with a young lady. And the date was horrible. She was horrible. But the hot yoga was not that bad. And that's all I needed. And then I was just telling Darcy about it and that's how she got me into it. She was like, Well, I got a hot yoga spot. And I was like, Okay. Was that a first date? No, well, no, not well, me and her. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. That's like taking a girl out for pasta on the first date where you have to slurp up the noodles and get oh, red no. shit all over your shirt. <laughs> I mean, I, you gotta, you gotta, you can't fart in yoga. You're sweating. You're, you know. I gotta see you. I like to see people at their worst. Yeah. Well, there you let's go. See, let's start it off this way. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, drop, drop me in any emergency and let us figure our way out. Mm-hmm. Well, nice. So, um, Georgia is where you're born and raised? Yeah. Okay, now what part of Georgia? A small town called Dudley, Georgia. Dudley? Yeah, Dudley. All right. So, growing up as a young black man in Georgia, how was that? It was fun. <laughs> was it? <laughs> fun. It was fun. Fun could be taken a number of different ways. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it was different. Of course, you know, you, you've seen racism, but it was like, you were so normal to it. At yeah. Point, so, it wasn't like crazy effective. Like, you see how people reacting to it now. You're like... They'll be like, what about Confederate flag? Well, yeah, I see me all the time. Like this. Yeah. It really is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all been conditioned to this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, uh, that's not good, it's but not. it's, it's, I, I it's, it's weird. The, the proximity and time to, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting about things that, like you said, have always been there. So the question is, why now? Um, you know, why is it all of a sudden, at the, the forefront of everybody's uh, discussion. I mean, obviously, we've got a y- bunch of young black folks getting killed for uh, less than, uh, you know, sufficient reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, oh, that's even worse, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, they go down a very dark path when you start going, like, it's, with black people is, because how I feel about those situations is, we talk about this, like the current events, why all the young black people are dying. But then we also like reflecting, like no, it, it, it's been going on too. So it's like it's like it seemed like people trying to tell us we're trying to have two different arguments. We're like, no, it's the same argument we've been saying for a very long time. Like, well, that's kind of part of the thing that's kind of becoming clear over these past four years is where it appeared there had been some evolution. It's now seeming that no, there wasn't. It was just kind of Color. laying dormant. Yeah. yeah, it was just 
you know, in, in Obama's presidency and in, in that world, people were kind of saying things behind closed doors. You know, they always say that you, you said the quiet part loud. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's saying the quiet part loud all of a sudden. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's life now. It's just. Well, so your family, how many generations are you from Georgia? All born and raised. Okay. So, I mean. Everybody. Did, same town. Like, my home, my, the small town that I'm really from, like, my family's from is a. Called Toys County and make pretty much you know every like I will go to elementary school and they're like you want a Bird Johnson grandbaby just by looking at me yeah now but like, how do you know my granddaddy that way and they're like which one of them Johnson sisters your mom like that's like, right that's how in depth they had our family do they tell stories pass down stories oh. about civil rights and you oh, know yeah well I got some of those I have jokes about a couple of okay. I've been been working been on told, it and I've been told as a kid so it's like. You get those stories. I like we. My stepdad family was like he'll tell me stories of uh like they own land, so like they knew that black people owned this land. So when there was like times where people would be chased, they'll get to our land and then they'll just stop and turn around. And one time, I guess uh his father and his father's father, his grandfather, uh <laughs> they they saw a dude truck flip a truck or some sort of that they said the white dude and they're like why do you help say that white man? He's like because we're rich black, we gotta know that black dude is the reason why. You yeah, I like stuff. It really is yeah. stuff like that would happen. Yeah, it just, it's so insane. Have you have you happened to watch uh, the Lovecraft Country that's I, been on? I haven't. Okay, watched it, but I heard it is great, and I like. To, I'm probably end up being watching that one. Here. It's pretty interesting because it's a uh, it's a uh, Jordan Peele, and he kind of somehow merges two worlds. He merges the whole civil rights movement with science fiction, and so a lot of these like. There's like, I think it's the first episode, it's the racist police officer, and they have these, I never even heard the phrase before, but sundown towns, like mm-hmm. you you can't be in this town after sundown. Uh, have you heard of that phrase before, or at least I, familiar with the concept? I've heard that phrase before, I probably know like maybe a few different characters. Yeah. So what, the sheriff of that town is kind of chasing him, and he, he ends up turning into like this otherworldly demon and stuff, so it's kind of an interesting... Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. You gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's different. Um, but uh, it's a really good show. My uh, my cousin actually was an assistant director on it, so he told me about it when he was working on it. And I remember, uh, I think it was when Georgia, what did they do? It had something to do with abortion, I think. We're not, we passed that abortion law. Yeah, and I think Georgia said, "I'm not going to film there." And and Atlanta makes a ton of money mm-hmm. off of filming movies. I mean, yeah. Atlanta's becoming like the yeah, new Hollywood, Hollywood now. They had, you know, Walking Dead was shot there, and a bunch mm-hmm. of other things are shot there. I mean, they make a bunch of money off of that. Yeah, and that's that's probably the number one cash right now is entertainment. I had such a and how close are you to Atlanta? Maybe an hour thirty minutes away. Atlanta, I have been to. So I, when I grew up, I used to go visit cousins in like South Carolina. For whatever reason, I remember Savannah was always the Savannah, exchange Savannah point. Like, Maybe an hour from my house. And I love Savannah. Savannah is really cool. I mean, there's probably a lot of dark aspects to it, too. But the, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, well, I, I'm like sure it's, it's all, you know, it's all slave like, houses and, you know. somewhere. No, we got, uh, we had to learn Georgia history. So that was like, Savannah, I think, is considered one of the hundreds, most hundreds places in America. Well, I would understand why. I mean, you go into these houses are crazy. And then mm-hmm. you got, what is it, the... Uh, Who's the guy who's got the cats with the five toes? The uh, the author, Old Man in the Sea. 
Hemingway. Hemingway. Isn't there a Hemingway house in Savannah? I know there's one of the keys, but he's got these cats that were bred that have like an extra finger on their hand. You see? I mean, that's that's not even haunted. That's just real. I used to watch stuff. I used to watch like most haunted places as a kid. And Savannah, Georgia will always be brought up somewhere. There's like a and then there's like a bar or something that you can see like people walking. Have you ever through. have you ever seen anything? No, no, no. Do I believe? I don't believe, but I'll be down to see it. I'll be down to go on the hunt. I'll be on the hunt yeah. tour. Yeah, I can be down for one. Was your family religious? Uh, half of them was okay, and half of them wasn't okay. I was on the side that wasn't. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, when you start getting into that faith, faith belief system, mm-hmm. you can start to deal in a world of demons and all these other things yeah. that, you know, I've had, I've had, I've had uh, friends who are pretty heavy into that stuff and they'll tell me about instances that they have. But, uh, you know, I, I think the world as we see it is enough for me to deal with. I don't have to add <laughs> shit into it to make it scarier. Oh, yeah. Add some excitement. Yeah. It's like seasoning. Man. Yeah. So you have brothers and sisters? I have one brother and two sisters. And where do you fall in that lineup as I'm far as age? So brother. who's the oldest? My older brother. And then I have a sister. Are you all close? Me and my brother. My brother's the, the real in Tampa. He lives in Tampa. Oh, does he? Yeah. Is he a comedian too? Or? No, no. He's, uh, he's actually a... Uh, He's a plumber. He works for, I don't want to say, I don't know if you get sponsors or not. I think, I don't right. have. Well, you can say it. I don't care. I think Bayshores. Bayshore well, Bayshore Plumbing. They make money. That's where all the big houses are. <laughs> it's a smart name. Yeah, <laughs> Bayshore yeah. Plumbing, yeah. I may have got it wrong, too, so dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll, we'll post production it in. We'll have like a <laughs> Bayside <answer>. Plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, that's cool. How much older is he than you? He's. Seven years. Okay. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good, older brother, almost like an uncle, kind yeah, of a father figure. Me and him have always been tight ever since kids. That's ever awesome. Now, do you guys live together? We live together now. Like, yeah, we live together now. So you have to hear you work on your routines. Oh, is this yeah, funny? For the most part, no. Yeah, he'll. Well, uh, he does he did, think you're funny, or does no, he, he think, know it by you? Okay, so my family, my family love the idea that I do stand up comedy, but my mom's probably the only one I don't. That doesn't have not listened or seen anything. Now, does she not like cursing, or does oh, she no. not take it seriously she, as a line of work? Just, or no, no, no. <laughs> she just this is a normal question. My brother and my cousin have all seen me. And they were like, she was like, "Well, is JJ funny?" They were like, "Yeah." They were like, "Okay, but is he funny?" Oh. Like, it's like, like I know you love him, but <laughs> like, but, but do you really mean it, or are you just being nice? So she literally, I was like, "Yeah, mom, I'm performing budget blah here and there." She was like. So they think you funny. That's just so it's like, like, Mom, what do you what think? Obviously, you got an opinion here that she wanted. Well, she, she watched, I gave her like a little five minute video that I did at uh, on YouTube. I got on YouTube and she watched it and she was like, Well, shoot. You may be a little bit funny. Oh, I mean, she think Preacher Lawson is hilarious. Though. Well, she so, keeps your blade sharp. She makes you try hard so you yeah, can, yeah, you can, like, you can no, get her on your on your team. The day she told me that she didn't listen, I was like two years in and I was already had like some little stuff on social media and stuff. And then she told me that she didn't never seen it for like two years. In. Yeah. And at that point, I was just like, well, it doesn't matter. And I think that's when I started getting funny. <laughs> yeah. Now, is she like so both my parents passed, but my parents have always been my conscience. Like everything, everything that I did, you know, it had to measure up to what they they, they thought was good or, you know, what they thought was right, <laughs> what they thought was wrong. Is that your mom in your life? Mom. Yeah. Our whole family always been like, you live your life the way you want to live it. We yeah. Got some very dark shadows. Yeah. Our family. And we all were like, you should write and work on that. But if that's the way you want to go, that's the way you want to go. So my mom have always been very, you are in control of your life. It's up to you to make something out of it. 
And I have, ever since I left, I was just he. He always been very, I messed up. I The reason I got to do this is because I miss up doing this. So if you don't mess up doing this, you might have to worry about doing this. Right. And that's why my whole life, like, she set the mold to me being the person I am to today. Now, did you leave Georgia because of the military or? Okay. Where did you, where did you, what branch? Uh, Air Force. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I so I read. Look at this. That's not what I was saying. It's just, I, I usually, I, I've had a number of military people on here and I don't think I've had an Air Force yet. Oh, yeah. I get a bunch of Army and Navy, but I think you might be the first Air Force. <laughs> I had a Special Forces guy on here. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's He's badass, they this guy. Be, those guys are the kind of guys they want to be at the age of four. <laughs> well, I, I would. So this guy, I mean, your size. Uh, if you saw him in a bar, you would not be worried about him at all. And but that my, my whole thing with it was like, what psychologically has to happen to a person for them to do well in your field? Like, because you have to put yourself in extremely dangerous positions and be able to function and not give up at the first sign of, you know, you're tired, you're cold, you're scared, you're whatever. And I'm the biggest chicken shit, lazy ass, give up at the first sign of any kind of resistance person in the world. And so the, the opposite end of the spectrum is always interesting to me. Is I... I am lucky enough to have been at a couple locations where they had a train at. Uh-huh. So I was able to talk to some of these guys and like their training course for like two years. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's real. And I was like, so why y'all, they run everywhere. They does not play. And they'll go like months training, like all that same exact thing. Yeah. The three months, they'll do training of that just to, just to be accepted to take this job. Like there have been guys I know who will train and work out so hard and keep getting cut and still every year. Oh, for sure. It was, but know. then there's these other guys who just are crazy and they just come yeah. in and they don't even look like they're in good shape mm-hmm. and they just, you know, they just don't quit. They mm-hmm. just figure out how to flip it's, that switch in their brain and, and just do whatever. You need some outrageous people. Where did you do basic training? Um, Black and San Antonio, Texas. That's all, uh, that's how was, all Air Force. How was Texas? From Georgia compared, yeah, big difference. It was hot. It was, uh, yeah, it wasn't bad though. It was the I wasn't used to like temperature wise. wasn't It wasn't too outrageous. It was, it was, it was a, it was a culture shock because I I left from to a bigger city, so it was like I'm I'm messing around even on basic. Is like, it more or less redneck than Georgia? <laughs> is it more Latin? It was. Is it? More, yeah. Oh, well, I guess yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so it was like that was different. The fact that like they ain't had that many trees, like I was just like, it's a lot of it's a lot of sun out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. was going on, and a lot of not not, not it went, went very green. Like, yeah. just so to me, I'm like getting all this visual awareness, and at the same time getting yelled at. So like, <laughs> so where were you stationed during your time? In only got stationed to uh, Herbert Field Air Force, and then that's when uh, where's that the medical issue happened? That was a Panhandle. Oh, okay, in between Panama City and all. Uh, it's not where like uh, Top Gun School is, yeah. or oh, that's another spent out base. So, yeah. so they get special training there. Yeah. at that base. So, so you got to see a lot of cool I got stuff. Saw a lot of, that was what I'm saying. I spent a lot of time with these random guys. That that was doing the the spec. I got like, yeah. you guys are crazy, and I was at that time I was a cop. So, <laughs> so so how did that? So how did that happen? Um, my recruiter was like, "Hey, you can have any job in the military. You got a pretty good high AVAS score. What do you want to do?" And I was like, "Well, get me out of here the fastest." And he said, "I got a security force job that lead two weeks after you graduate high school." And I was like, "Bet." <laughs> That's how. We so came. what are you doing? Just pulling guys out of bars or no? Nah, like- we uh well. The original goal was to, you know, you take care of the original 
you do the first do the gate patrol and then you go patrol and then for the most part <laughs> this is from, I'm sorry to stop you I had a DUI case one time where the guy tried to hand his toll money to the the security at McDill. <laughs> he, he thought he was going over our Franklin. Okay, and he's like, he's like, here's my toll money. That is exactly what that is. It's like, you've been over that bridge a thousand times. You know there's no toll there. Yeah. Who are you giving your money to? You, that's exactly what you deal with for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. So that was going on. High Drunk and disorderly. And- Once I got to my station, um, I actually got sick, like crazy sick. I had to learn. Like, I had to relearn to walk again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, what was, was it? On, I had got diagnosed. I'm... I'm diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called polymyositis, Guillain-Barre, and also have lupus in my lungs. So I had like a very... So I know lupus and Guillain-Barre or Guillain-Barre. Yeah, Guillain-Barre. Yeah. But polymyositis is pretty much my um, white blood cells eat my muscles. And is there anything to do? Uh-huh. You just got to live with it. Live with it. So um, this whole awareness of being clean out because of the coronavirus. That's like, oh, that's old hat, man. You've been doing yeah, that forever. I've been doing about 10 years now. Yeah. So well, you know, I, I, I thought of this today. So I got a two-year-old and a six-year-old. And at this point in a calendar year, I would have been sick about six times by now. And I'm a pretty healthy, I mean, despite mm-hmm. how I look, I'm generally pretty healthy. Like, you know, I don't get sick a lot. But because of these little kids with their fingers and their nose and their mm-hmm. butts constantly, you're getting sick. But because we've been distancing and because we've been you wearing masks, I've been sick once you been so dissing your own daughter. Now. Well, no, I, they, well, we weren't putting them in. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> way, I'm like throwing macaroni and cheese at her face. Ah. Eat the, yeah, exactly. Um, no, but I mean, so there's something to be said for wearing masks and washing your hands a bunch and not, you know, there's. Like maybe they weren't doing it for. What was it? I think they, somebody found out that the, when um, I hate to say the Asian people flying from China or whatever. Mm-hmm. They be wearing mad. They're like, I'm not sick. Like, no, I'm doing this. Like, you don't get sick. Like, it's- oh, for sure. Well, I mean, that that used to be like a stereotype. Like, mm-hmm. they would get shit for it and kind of made fun of. It. And I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, jokes on us because like, yeah, now we look like, like right. Well, right. Yeah, we're just behind. Like everything. Like every other thing. Math, auto production. Mm-hmm. You know, preventative measures for uh, for uh, contagious diseases. We just are behind the curve. So, uh, when did you get out of the military? I got a uh, medically separated out in August 2012. So when when did the comedy bug like were you were you, have you always had that or is that something you kind of developed I, over I always, time? I mean, I guess I always been me. Yeah, like I laugh, I can just yeah. picture you in the military making everybody laugh. That's what or it was school, too. Yeah. They were just like they because they'll ask me story about how like how the whole near death experience. They would ask me questions because I was known as the, I had just got there, so nobody knew who I was. So. The first three months of me being there, I'm in a hospital bed, and when I get bad, they get you get hurt in the room with you, the dying kid. Yeah. So if I want to ask the dying kid what happened, yeah, and I would tell them the story in my natural way. Yeah, they're Just like, being I don't funny know about it. the cry or the laugh. And right. That led them to tell us more stories. So you know, we were talking a little bit before you got on the show that one of the things that I've found with uh, people who go into comedy is that uh, a lot of times that sense of what's funny is honed by uh, uh, an experience with darkness mm-hmm. of some sort. You know, I, I've oftentimes compared comedians to boxers, you know, usually the best boxers, their backstory is just awful. Oh. Yeah. It's like, you know, I was raised by dogs and I, you know, <laughs> both my parents were killed in front of me and my brother, brother was arrested. And, and it's like, and, and, that puppy to eat it. yeah, yeah. But now they're, but now they're, you know, have three belts and are unstoppable and a lot of you know the same thing is in comedy and it's funny because 
it's not funny. It's actually kind of dark. But, you know, very recently, a lot of the top comedians have either killed themselves or they've been involved in this Me Too stuff. And, you know, clearly they've got demons that they're they're dealing with. It's funny because it's not the comedian you expect to come from, though. It's not the the crazy one that you like. That's Yeah, Cat Williams is probably like clean as hell and hanging out, you know, going to church every Sunday and fine. And then. Then you have Aziz Ansari or whomever is like, he is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, believe it. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's always it's. I always say the worst people are the people that keep their darkness inside. So you, you gotta kind of make friends you. with it and be funny about yeah, it. So you know, you can't, if you if you bought all that in, man, you're just gonna become a toxic person. And that's not. Well, so my wife, you know, on Facebook, I'm pretty vocal about my anxiety and depression and kind of overall kind of orneriness with the world and she's like she's like do you really feel that way because you don't seem that way and it's like if i don't make fun of it or make it you know you know recognize it and make it funny then it's gonna you get a good dark joke in boy it it make you laugh oh my god oh my god i I remember doing the show one time i invited one of my manager out and she seemed so happy so i was like look there's gonna be a lot of dark comments on this show I'm just giving you a heads up. And she said she never laughed so hard at so many dark things. I'm like, yeah, you got it. Well, that's, that's the, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of approach comedy. And, you know, you can put different obstacles in your way. And I've talked about this, I think, a little bit with Darcy and Donnie Stopa. But some comics are clean comics, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't curse. And I, I don't have any opinion on that. Either way, I mean, I, there's there's clean comics that I like. and But I also don't have any problem with you know, comics who curse, but you're making your job harder. I think, uh, by removing some of that content and some of those words from, from your act. But at the same time, you're not taking an easy way out. So you can kind of view that in two different ways, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, you can add a difficulty of the words I can't say yeah. versus the words I can't say. So it's just, so Jerry Seinfeld, I was listening to a podcast him, with him recently. It was with Mark Maron, who I was talking to you about. And and Mark Maron's comedy is he's kind of more like a, a diary. Like he kind of gets up on stage and it's almost like train of thought. And he's just talking about what struggles he's having. And there's no punchlines to it. It's just kind of a an hour-long funny yeah. story conversation. And Jerry said something to the effect of, I love what you do, but the hard thing is to get people to laugh. Like that's, that's the the peak of it. And if you can do it without a, a, a crutch or without, uh, you know, cheating, then that's the pinnacle of achievement in comedy. And I don't know if I agree or disagree because I love George Carlin who, you know, curses much. I love Richard Pryor who Richard Pryor was kind of a hybrid of both, he brought the personal and the custody. Yeah, I mean, he went through some dark yeah, personal shit up on think, stage. He'd get up there and say, I don't think I'm funny anymore and all this other stuff. But He was the first personal comedian that ever made it big like that. He was the first one that made everybody like, no, I can talk about my natural problems too because you feel like, oh, I understand. Or, But what a what a great example of darkness creating light. light. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I, I heard stories about him and Marlon Brando sleeping with each other mm-hmm. and – you know, set himself on fire and that was was hilarious. And his views growing up, I mean, wasn't there like shoot, just horrible shit? Yeah. So again, equating him to a boxer, he would have been an amazing boxer. boxer. But yeah. It does, and it's funny because like my family, when I come home, they ask me, "Have I broke the joke yet?" 
And I'm like, you run like I haven't figured out how not to say it in a mean way. Yeah. And they just they were like, let me know when you got it. Like they yeah. Just, yeah. they is they know I'm I'm gonna say something that's gonna be very truthful at the same time, but at the same time it's like I'm only gonna say this for the kindness of my heart. So how long have you been doing it? Seven years. Okay, seven years. That's that's good. There's this. I I always hear them talk about the ten year and and I've never done stand up, so I'm not I'm not taking a position. But they always, you know, it seems as though there's this dividing line. And certain comics look at other comics. And I talked to Darcy. Darcy's like, well, it's only been like, you know, eighteen months. And I, I, I my question to you is is at, at some point did you feel like you got over a hill or got over a point? It's like okay, now I. I'm I'm one of, I'm in the family or I'm in the I'm in the world. Well, <clears throat> that's like right now I feel like I'm approaching another hill. Yeah, and it's it's just trying to get content out. Well, not necessarily content, just getting my person my my markability out. So yeah, that's that's one thing that's going markability. I think I think I just made it work. No, it's good. <laughs> I, 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 I'll stamp it. It's good. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to get it out, and so that's what hip on it. And every year you notice. We always tell people there's like certain years that you just feel like you had a heal, but you'll know in three years if you want to do this or not. In five years, you have another feel. Yeah. Seven years, you feel this. And then you get a 10-year more mark. And I was talking to a guy, he was like, man, I'm on, I'm on 12 years in. He's like, this is crazy. Cause yeah. For like 12 years at a point. So, but then yeah. there's some of these guys who have been doing it for 40 years, and they still feel like uh, imposters, well, you know? It's yeah, like well, that, that's the only thing I have noticed that. That's the one feeling that will always stay. Right. So, it's like, so just make friends with it, right? Just yeah. you know, that's that's the thing. So, um, content-wise, do you have like have you developed your voice or your style or your? I feel like I'm very. I, I like what I'm doing right now. I'm What's what? How would you characterize your set? I do. Uh, a, I'm a storyteller. Okay. So I love telling stories. Okay. I'm very personal with my material. And um, I I throw in what I like to call smart but dumb, yeah, dumb but smart, yeah, stuff. Like I will reference. I was one of my favorite jokes is a joke about math. It's a math joke, and it's just about how to break down a half half quarter and an eighth. And then I convert it back over, use that same map to convert it over to weed. And, like, just, <laughs> yeah. and I just enjoy doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, and then I even throw in a law reference. So it was like, that's, that's awesome. Like, this, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So this, it's, like, it's a, a half to a, yeah. so two thirds is a misdemeanor. And then you get into felony. Yeah. yeah, I like doing that. I love history. So I like doing like history stuff in there. Like I love, I love little things that seem smart. Or we're like, oh, he thought about that, but then say it in a real dumb way. Sure. So you can be like, I kind of. There's like a different him, perspective on it. But yeah. I hate him at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so it's fun. So yeah, that's an interesting point that you're making up because, you know, I've heard like, uh, like I was talking to Ray Roa, who uh, is the editor for Creative Loafing newspaper around here, and he's a journalist. And I was asking him, does he read a lot? He said, I, I think that's the only way you can get better as a writer is to read. But with comedy, I don't know if that's the same type of scenario because I know a lot of comedians don't want to hear other comedians because they don't want to steal their shit. Yeah. So, (laughs) so you have to somehow. I, I, I say in your first three years, you should watch as much comedy as possible just to, but not just the comedy that you like. You should watch all comedians. Sure. I watched, um, I watched a lot of Jim Carrey. He was not my, comedy wise, it was joke wise. It was not for me. But I enjoyed the fact that he did so many facial expressions and yeah. reaction to certain stuff that when I perform, I try to add those things. Facial yeah, so what are your so tools? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got, you know, 
so in a lot of ways, as a trial attorney, you know, we talk about the same thing. Like what, how are, what, how are we communicating to a jury? Is it what we say? Is it what we look like? Is it how we act? Is it the tone of our voice? And so you can tell the same joke. 20 different ways and get 20 different reactions. And a lot of time you've got to figure that out over the course of telling it over and over and over again. Cause you know, I've seen uh, Chappelle come into rooms and it's like, he's literally talking about this for the first time. And it's like, it's funny, but it's like, this needs some work. But then you see it a year later and it's like hitting. He knows exactly. Yeah. But that's, that's the, that's why you go to open mics. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. Well, comics. I tell comics all the time, but open mic. I hate them. Like they no crowd there. I don't care. Oh, it's not for. Yeah, like, it's, it's not about not, the crowd. It's about it's yeah. About you trying to get this stage. Or like yeah, you need it. But also at the same time, don't just stay at those mics. You need to start exploring. You need to start traveling, going to different mics, going to different places. Because everybody have a different. Every fan's going. You don't know who's gonna be there at night shows. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna get your fan base in the very beginning. So I wanted to ask you this question. I've heard uh, people talk about this that. If, it, it, up until relatively recently, there was black clubs and white clubs and not because of segregation or because of, but literally like black comedians would go here, black folks would go because that's what they wanted to hear. And it seems, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there's been a little bit more of an integration yeah. and more of an, uh, an acceptance or, a, or a, an openness to kind of hearing different points of view than, mm-hmm. than what you might. Now it is because of. Lately, I mean, look at all the top comedians. Man, mostly they, everybody they they support more than one black comic now. So yeah. it's, it's funny that the world is. Well, I mean, I think if you t- if you said who are the top five to ten male comedians mm-hmm. in the world, I I would have to think the greater majority of them are black. Yeah, well, <laughs> would you agree? I will agree with that, but I'm not just trying to. Say well, no, no, no. But I'm thinking, you know, Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, and Chris yeah. Rock, and Chris Rock, and, yeah. Well, like a good majority of them are black. So you so. If you're a comedy fan, you want to start, you want to know what they are, you will have to start hearing about either, I tell white comics they should go to do black rooms. Like, well, well, so that's that's the other thing that I've heard is, uh, who was talking about the Apollo? Like, if you fuck up at the Apollo, like, you hear about it, like, mm-hmm. they won't let you slide. Like, no, they won't. They keep <laughs> off stage. Yeah. They've been doing it. Yeah, yeah. I love watching it. Which is yeah. good because, you know, you don't want, you don't want a false response. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not, if it's, if it's not funny, you don't want them faking yeah. it. Yeah. But a lot of great people have been booed up the Apollo. I think Chris Rock was one of them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, so you, you told me a little bit about your, your material as far as writing goes. Are you writing on stage? Are you writing 24 7? Someone's breaking in. Don't worry about it. Um, how do you write your material? I saw I write on stage mostly. And then, uh, like, when I first, if I have an idea, I cannot write it on paper. For some reason, you get clusterfuck. So as soon as I'm, as soon as I have the idea, the concept, like the idea that I want to go with, I'll go up on stage, hit record on my audio. You wake up in the middle of the night and like, hey, I got, I got a joke no, about it. Yeah. I will try it on stage yeah. and just see if I can get some laughs. And I'll take that out. And then that's when I start constructing. Like, okay, this is the left one, this is the left one, this is the left one. These need to change. This need to be updated. And I will literally do that as soon as I walk on stage. Now, when you're doing a spot now, are you an open, a middle, a headline? Like I get work? a lot more middle work lately. Okay. Uh, I still host occasionally whenever. How do you like hosting? I enjoy hosting because it got it's, Hosting seems like it's got to be fun because there's no pressure. <laughs> and, well, I mean, there's always pressure, but um, 
you're kind of just making fun of the first, the last act or the next act or the crowd or talking about it's a lot of crowd work it would seem Depend, depending on your hosting style yeah depending on your style if you're a host that do a lot of crowd work then yeah that's the fun part the host actually low key it's funny because host is probably the second work the second hardest spot of the show if you're looking at a normal show headline or feature middle or headline middle host the host is technically like the hard, second hardest spot in the headline. This middle spot is the sweet spot. Yeah. Because you don't have to worry about food getting ordered. They just end there and join You the have spot. to warm them up. You don't have to warm them up. Nothing. But they're waiting for the next guy, so they're not going to yeah. walk out in the middle of your set. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that's the sweet spot to be in. That is the, that is the, mwah. yeah. But you don't make as much money as the next guy. But yeah. This guy got to do with check drop. Right. That's terrible. Yeah. So it's just, they going to, there's that, this very The check moment. drop. What's the check drop? That's, that's when they, um, they bring the bills out. Okay. And then the night. So, and then the Oh, yes. Yeah, so when everybody's leaves, like, yeah. Yeah, he's not listening. So, they're arguing about why they yeah. got charged for two Diet Cokes instead of one and everything exactly. else. Exactly. So now, that's the hard spot. So, out of all the things you did, that's the hard, that's, that's the first hard, that you got the, that you the headline, so you're the first hard spot. But the hosts have to deal with people, money, food getting ordered, getting everybody in quiet. Worrying about if the tempo of the show is going right, they get the drink specials right. Like it's a lot of things going on as a host, and but once you're doing it so many times and starting to get real comfortable with it, now hosting becomes fun. Right. So that's when, and now I enjoy hosting because I actually I enjoy. Now is that is there people that like uh, so like I think of like Jeff Ross who like he's always the one who's hosting the uh, Friars Club mm-hmm. stuff and he just got he just can kind of riff and mm-hmm. keep keep the crowd going and it, you can almost have, make a living off of yeah being uh, a host Martin Lawrence is known as really Martin Lawrence is known for the ghost he was known as a dev, he, it does on Netflix Dev 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 Comedy Jam twenty five years anniversary okay. watch it and they will call Martin Lawrence the ghost the greatest host of all time oh wow and it's and he really was he and the funny thing is everybody that he brought up when he was hosting Dev Comedy Jam have all made it the great parts of his careers like Martin Lawrence is so appreciative yeah by the Dev Comedy like black comedies right along just be, just because he was such a great host sure. It's so funny because I remember I was I think I was in law school when original Kings of Comedy came out and I grew up over in St. Pete mm-hmm. and uh, Tyrone Mall over in St. Pete uh, used to have movie theaters there. And I went and saw original Kings of Comedy in the theater. And I swear to God, like me and two people were the only white folks in that theater. And, <laughs> you know, there are periods of time I was like, I don't know if I should, like, is it OK for me to laugh at what, what he's oh, saying? You know, it's it's kind of an interesting <laughs> dynamic that you find yourself in, like. It's- Bernie Mac was always my favorite of those That's four. That's my own favorite. Oh, he just yeah. with the, does with his eyes and the way he get angry and he's, start kind of slurring his words yeah, and he's stuff. He's another person that I watched a lot, just but it's by his demeanor, how he how he attack crowd. And yeah, I, I like how he I like his energy that he project towards people. Yeah, so that's why I like when certain points of my shows I focus on. When I'm doing parts where I want to get crowd interaction, yeah, the energy that he hit him with, kind of stuff. He I was mean, unique, man. I mean, was, they were all great. I think Hewley was my least favorite uh, of the four. I like Cedric. Um, Harvey was probably my second, right under, right under uh, Bernie. But Bernie, man, I mean, he was talking about his kids and oh, he was yeah. He's like, he was like, "You looking at me like you're big." Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, who's him, him downstairs. Yeah, that's, it was, <laughs> And we, I, I grew up with that, like, because I, you know, my parents were school teachers, so I kind of in St. Pete, I grew up between the wealthy kids and the poor kids, mm-hmm. and so I kind of had 
both of that in my life. And, you know, I, I grew up with those kids. I play with those kids, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, I, that resonated with me, but at the same time, you know, as a white, as a white guy, it's like, do, do I, do, can I take ownership of laughing at that? Or is, Man, look, is that not for me? You know, that's always an interesting, every comedian will always say laugh at it. Yeah. You know, if you see people laughing now, the only time it's really different is they do a black joke and a room full of white people and there's a few black people laughing. Yeah. Because the joke always, if you do that joke and people, white people notice the black family, they will all legitimately look at the black family to see if it's okay to laugh. Yeah, like yeah, measuring it like out. It's, and there's yeah. always like a common thread around like when you when I say certain things, they will literally jump like it's okay. I said it. Y'all can <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, you know, because I. It's hard. Well, it's not hard. I mean, in, in the context of the world of what's hard, it's not hard. But you know, as a white guy, I always try and figure out like am i posturing too much am i like you know i've got two black li- effectively two black lives murals on my building here but i don't have a black person that works for me it's not because i haven't wanted to hire any it's just the way that it's worked out but i think about that and then like i've got a bunch of buddies who are musicians and you know after like the sixth person got killed by a cop this year it's like you know, some of the greatest music comes out of these times of the darkest tragedy. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that wow. you guys could be creating some amazing music right now. And a lot of my friends are like, who wants to hear some white guy singing about Black Lives Matter or about, you know, that's not that's not for me to to talk about. And so I struggle with that. Like, like, is, should I just keep my mouth shut or should I stand up or should I what, what should I do? It's, it's, and it's weird because that's like that is like the most common thing that. As the one thing, even I don't even know the answer to say, but because it's like, yeah, you should be able to be like, you know, this is wrong. Like, you should be able to voice your opinion, but then you should also, black people, there have been a lot of black people that, you know, like, no, we need to, no, we need to stop dividing and start coming together. Because once everybody we come together, right? The problems won't be there, right? Because, like, no, this is, that's the vision too. Like, hey, we can't let white people. We can't let white people be at our marches. Like, no, come, please, yeah, yeah, please come, take my spot. I, my legs hurt. Like, this is yeah. Like, like, come well, on. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting question because you know, it, 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 as simple as it should seem, it's it's not necessarily. I was telling about my buddy Bryant who came in, and I said, you know, something that I I think about a lot is. I want my kids to have black friends. I want my kids to grow up, you know, in Asian communities. I want them to know Latino people, but literally I have to like get them in a car and drive them 30 minutes somewhere to, to, to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And you were, you were talking to me before. It's pretty funny too. I hope you make this joke out of this, but you're talking to me about how Waze or Google maps is oh, yeah. racist. Cause it didn't have you go through the bad neighborhood to get here. It, it really wasn't. I'm like, I know how to get here. It yeah. Did. I put it in the GPS yeah. and he's literally like, no, don't don't go these ways. I'm like, no, it really. It's like, whatever you do, don't drive by Ray's house. Go, <laughs> go two blocks out of the way and come up. Yeah. Just took this simple, could have just took one road. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I wonder if that's like for uh, liability reasons. They don't want ways to get. That would be terrible. Well. I just, another thing that I just found out about G- my GPS, because I just have regular Google GPS, whatever. And one day I was just driving and, um, I was with one of my white friends, and he would use Waze. And they when he know I use Google, he always trying to upgrade. You know, use Waze, but if I let the cops know, people always trying to do that to me too. I can't do it. I can't do. It. I'm like, I'm really just like, no, nah, I'm not up on another app on my phone. I'm on Atari level. I don't need yeah. PlayStation Eight. Yeah, I you know, I want, I want just I want real simple. Let a green, a white line taking me to where I'm yeah, supposed to go. But it lets you know when there's a speed trap up now, right? Oh, for sure. So 
I think so when he came through, when I was driving through and he's the speed trap approaching. And he was like, when did Google start doing that? And then I was driving, I was like, wait, your Google don't your Google don't be like, did yeah. my put then I was wondering like, did my put an all black safety on? Like it's just Well think like, about it. Think about with with information how in depth that could get. It's like this officer up here has only shot three people. Yeah. This one it's like, oh, we want to slow down. This guy right here is gonna yeah, he's, little, yeah. little happy. he's going through a divorce and he's not happy about how his life's going, he's gonna take it. Yeah, exactly. But see, that's another when it comes to the, the blue light, like I preach, I think blue lives do matter. However, what's a blue life? They're very true. Yeah. And then I was like, it's a job. It's still a job. Yeah. Like, I was a blue guy. Did you apply guy. to be a black guy? Yeah. Or did... <laughs> I, just, I just woke up like yeah. this. <laughs> but there's another reason I'm like, me being black, me, my day being crappy, have not affected your day. Yeah. But if his do and he's yeah. some kind of problem, it's kind of like these guys, some people need to, we need to upgrade a lot. I think we should defund the police, but for the fact that, like, give them money to the community, education kill crime, but not policemen. Like yeah, I well the the problem with the defund the police that I've had is they got to come up with a better slogan because the the other side reads that as get rid of the police and I don't mm-hmm. think that that's what the argument is. It's like what's <laughs> what we're doing clearly isn't working, so mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta you know change what we're doing to come up with a different result. It's, uh, yeah, it's just me. Society's terrible. Old are you? I'm 29. Okay, so you're so you you're getting burnt out. Yeah, early in life. That's good. That's yeah, good. That's yeah. good. That's one man in life, right? Yeah, now. Yeah. You can clearly see. That's it. right. So I, I'm this just, guy's growing. Well, it's it's true because you know it, it, you're an idealist in your younger years, and that's not right. This isn't right. All this stuff, and it's like, man, I'm just hungry. I want to yeah. go watch some TV. Like, <laughs> just that's, leave me alone. That's, that's, and it's funny because the other day I was like, I'm getting old. <laughs> that's what like, getting old's about. One yeah. Of my friend was like, because I came, I went to the mic Friday, and I had on like actual clothes. Like, dude, I'm so used to seeing you in a gray shirt. And yeah, just regular jeans. It was like, oh, black tea. So I'm like, I forget you actually on clothes. I'm like, wow, I got into that. Yeah, I got yeah. into that far. Like, it's just no colors. My buddy, uh, he's an attorney. He's a gay attorney, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go to Chick Fil A forever. I was like, man, I can't, I can't get behind them because uh, you know how they treat gay people and all this other stuff. And my buddy's like, dude, I go there like twice a week. And I was like. Well, shit, if you don't care, then I don't <laughs> care. So. Oh, my goodness. I don't even eat Chipotle, so I don't, I'm, I'm being protesting. But it's only because I don't like pickles, and I eat. Oh, I love pickles. Oh, we're going to we're gonna have to fight about that, because okay, pickles man, are pickles. Home. We don't got to fight. I get extra pickles. You know, see? I'll take all your pickles. Exactly. And get I'll a jar, pickles. stick them in there. Just every Thursday, come by, and I'll take your pickles. I love pickles. See? And that's how and that's how we should do it. That's, that's right. We can, we can, <laughs> we can work <laughs> together to make a better world for pickles. That's right. Um, so, so now have you been, pickles matter. So, so, uh, do you play outside of the state or just in the state of Florida? I, uh, I do travel. Okay. Um, what I states do. have you played in? Right now, states I've played in is, uh, Louisiana. Oh man. Alabama. Oh man. You're all in the Bible belt. Yeah. Well, I got a South. I got a South cup. Yeah. South. I'm, I'm good in the South. That's the reason, hence the reason why I need to leave the South. Yeah. It's time to go. You got to try some California and some New York yeah, and some the, Boston, some Chicago. Before COVID. Oh, that's true. <laughs> the plan was because I had the month of July done. Uh-huh. Pretty much cleared out, so I was going to actually drive up to New York. And then, you um, got to have your story. Yeah. Everybody's got, every comedian's got their New York mm-hmm. story. I got to go get some, I had to do some wild, crazy stuff. I was going to drop some shrooms. I was going to do something crazy. No, I'm just like. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Who's, who's the pitcher for the Pirates that pitched the, like, pitched a perfect game on acid? If that was, if that really, if he really did that. Have like, you heard of that? No, I haven't. Heard no, of that. I'm gonna. There's a documentary. There's a black pitcher. I think it was for the Pirates. 
fuck was his name? It was a great documentary. He pitched he pitched a he perfect, pitched, game. perfect game on acid. I'm gonna send you this. You're gonna love it. It's a great movie. It's a, it's a oh yeah. It's a documentary. Yeah. I can't wait to see. Like he was in the zone. Oh. I don't even know what he yeah. thought he was pitching at. He probably was like throwing at dragons and, it and shit. Just it lasts like like six hours. Oh, he for really, sure. He went through the entire game. Oh, this this always happens on this show. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> Anytime I try and remember somebody's name on the show, I forget it. So I'm gonna do Pirates Pitcher Shutout Acid. acid. I always love the the terms <laughs> that you come up with. It's like Pirate. Yeah. Pitcher. Doc Ellis. Doc wow. Ellis, Pirates pitcher Doc Ellis did something that by all rights should be completely impossible. He went through a no-hitter despite being high as a kite on lysergic acid dithylamide, otherwise known as, I don't know what, but, uh, yeah, you got to look that up, otherwise known as acid. So, yeah, wow. you got to check that documentary out. It's really good. So uh, how, are, how are crowds in, in Louisiana, Georgia? I can hear Florida is like a dead zone for comedy. You know what's funny? Florida. Like all the, let me, let me put this differently. Comedians who aren't from Florida always refer to. Yeah. Florida. Yeah. Like Tampa's awful. And you know, actually, you know, what's funny. Not that many people actually enjoy Tampa. Like they, we hear a lot of people enjoy Sasquatch a lot. Yeah. So that's a, that's a go-to spot. Florida just have, Florida crowds are just, because Florida is just a pot of everybody else's mistakes coming to one place. <laughs> so, like, you don't know what mistake. kind of crowd you get. Like, that's all Florida is. It's just a bunch of people. They either came here on vacation, got messed up, and then forgot how to get out. Like, that's why Florida. So, we people move to Florida and think Florida is crazy. Like, no, it's not. The, well, you know what's funny is, I don't know how familiar you are with, like, Brandon, Plant City, that, that area, but... I, there's this weird phenomenon that happens there where you have these white folks who are as racist as they get, but they work day to day alongside black people and get along very well. And they almost know that life better than, mm-hmm. you know, the people on Bayshore who are spending all their money on Joe <laughs> Biden and Kamala Harris trying to, you know, yeah. further these policies. But, you know, these people who kind of talk a certain way and have certain views, but it's Georgia. Well, it's yeah, thing. yeah. Like, so it's weird. It's I, like it's like a love hate kind of like situation. I know you're racist. Like I know you know. I know you don't like me. I but you probably have a blast with each other. Yeah. Probably making each other laugh. I have, and I have had I have, I have, I have fun with a lot of guys that have rocked the Confederate flag. Yeah. Like I, I remember one time when he when the first time the Confederate flag got all rowdy rowdy in the early 2010s. Yeah. Uh, I was one of my buddy. I was with another one of my black friends, and we were sitting there enjoying ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> He was like, he was like, yeah, I got rid of my Confederate flag. And me and him, both from Georgia, was yeah. like, you had a Confederate flag in here? Like, yeah. And he was just like, I fucking hate y'all. Yeah. So much. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, we didn't even, didn't even notice it. That's that's how crazy it was. So when they start coming back around, like, getting rid of them, like, nine times out of ten, a lot of a lot of dudes that was from the South was like, we didn't even notice it. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how much, so if, if that was the case, we should just slowly just got rid of it in the first place. Like just yeah, I don't know. It's just it's right. just so weird. I, 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 I and I and I worry because I don't we know. Should, we should pay black people. We should what? We should pay flags. Oh, we should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like, they it's like a gay. always say the gay people do with rainbows. The, thing, like, <laughs> the thing that pisses me off about the flag is like when people say. But the thing that pisses me off about it when a lot of southern white guys always say it represents my heritage, and I'm like. That does not represent Southern pride, like yeah. Southern heritage, because of the fact that, like, I and my people 
being good. Well, I have a lot of Southern pride. Plus, those motherfuckers like, flunked out of history in high school and don't know a goddamn thing about most, their heritage. It's, it's like, bullshit. 100%. So I'm like, we shouldn't use that as a symbol as Southern pride. I always tell people the Confederate, if Southern pride was like Subway, the Confederate flag and Jerry. Yeah. It's time for him to get fired and we need a new mascot. Yeah. That's just, that's what it is. He yeah. does terrible things. We got to go. Well, and then, and you know, they, then they talk about the statues and, you know, how, how will we know our history? It's like, open a book and by the way, they lost. They lost, and 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 then see what which I've, I only more recently learned is a lot of people think that the statue's been up for hundreds of years since most of those were put up during segregation in the sixties. Civil rights movement is kind of a yeah. middle finger to the black folks. Yeah. Like fuck you, I'm going to put this person here. Yeah, that was the flag was too. But we yeah, don't say nothing. We just, so it's just like it's just a big. <sighs> Uh, it was just that's how much. I'm just hungry. I just want to watch Netflix. Yeah, it's like at what point? At what point do I just stop just fighting and just have my Chick Fil A? I need a sandwich. Yeah, and yeah, with lots of pickles on it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so now with COVID, you're trying to get your podcast up and going. What? I started podcast. So, uh, and you said it was you and a, a friend of yours. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Higgins. You gotta, get, you gotta get him on here. I do. I got. Please, please, please. I need all the comedians I can get on here. I gotta, I gotta figure you guys out. Um, so, what's your home club locally? Home club is Side Splitters. Okay, and is that the one up on Northdale? Maybe by. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who did I, I saw Gilbert Gottfried there. Who else did I see there? I'm trying to remember. They used to do the odd. You ever see the oddball uh, comedy fest that they would do it at the uh, uh, arena? I didn't see it. So good, but. Talk about the worst venue to do comedy in. It is like a it is like a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. You're sweating from the ground up. Your shorts. Everybody's hot. It's raining. Like people are on the grass in the in the back there. Yeah. This it's just the worst worst venue in the world for comedy. But they had the best comedian. I mean, oh by the way, one of my well, I'll go through the list. But um, who's the guy who killed himself? Um, yeah. He was a he was a pitcher. He was a pitcher, a baseball pitcher in college. Um, oh, fuck, see, this, I'm not still looking at him. Well, I mean, it was Louis C.K. It was Aziz Ansari. It was we Mark Barron. It was um, well, he's he's having to change the clubs he's playing in. Yeah, yeah, what do you think yeah, about what? Do you, what do you, what's your thoughts on Louis C.K. Louis Brody yes. Stevens. Brody Stevens is a he was the one who hosted it, and he's the one who killed himself. That I was oh. thinking of. But anyway, going back to Louis C.K. I mean, what he did was wrong. He he didn't break. <laughs> That's terrible to say. He didn't rate. He did ask. He did ask. So it's he, like, used a, he used a position of power to subject yeah. women to his, you know, he perversion. Did. But at the same time, you can say you can still say no. So it's yeah. like, it's, yeah. So I don't know. It's a. So do you think? Do you think he should? Get a second chance? Do you think he should? I think everybody. Well, yeah, I think he deserves. Not everybody. Gets not a everybody, chance, but. but yeah, I think he does. Well, it's too that you know. I had this conversation with Darcy, and I had this. Well, Don Donnie's Donnie does the the church scene, so I think yeah. he's on the cleaner end. Do you know Donnie? Yeah, I know Donnie. Yeah. So, but uh, so some of the some of the things with comedy in in this day and age that I think so hard is number one, not stealing other people's stuff. Yeah. Uh, number two is the life cycle of a joke seems to be like a millisecond, like depending on the type of joke it is. Yeah. Always upgrade. Got to be able to work on yourself. Got to be able to upgrade it some way somehow. Because, like, COVID jokes, I, I have to imagine at this point everybody's tired. Yeah, so. I, I sneak my COVID jokes into my actual material and somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to do five minutes on COVID, but you may hear it in a reference. 
year. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, walking that line between like getting yourself canceled. Like, yeah. you know, you know. Well, see, that's, the cancel thing is you shouldn't – don't punch down. That's one thing. Yeah. Don't ever punch down. I like person. that. That's, that's like anybody can, I can talk bad about blind people because I, I, my eyesight work. That's that's terrible to be that way. That's a terrible, you're a shitty person. But if I mention a blind person in my material, you might want to hear the joke out first before you say cancel him. Yeah, yeah. And don't go, and then also. Do you know Anthony Jeselnik? Sound familiar? So his, his thing is interesting. He, he will not wait a second. Like he probably was on Twitter with Kyle Rittenhouse jokes before he killed the third person at the the protest. Like he wow. does not like he pushes them out wow. right away. And he he tries to see like how dark he can go. Like he, he, he like one of his first specials, he did this Casey Anthony joke, which was right after beautiful. It was so dark, so horrible, but just oh, yeah, just hit all the right notes just perfect and uh you know like you were saying earlier when you can you can pull that off see and they also say doing dark comedy that's that's a i can't do a lot of dark i can sneak in maybe a dark one or two but i can't do the entire dark set and that that right there take that take a person that i can i I don't i bless i love every dark comedian for the fact that they can get a name especially when they can pull it off yeah don't Man, yeah, oh. yeah. To be able to kind of walk that minefield, walk that line, and yeah. not set any off. But you should be every community should be able to push the limit some way, somehow. Yeah. So, so yeah. what's on the horizon for you? Uh, I mean, are things picking back up as far as booking? I mean, obviously, you got the podcast that sure, you're working on. Podcast, got to get that going. Um, give I a mean, tight, a tight thirty, a tight. Yeah, not a t- I got it. I already got. I mean, I'm still. I'm mostly featured, so I keep that nice thirty on my bike. Yeah. Um, Right now, I'm doing uh, the North Pasco County. There was a venue that just opened up off 19. Normally, I'd warn you about Pasco, but you've lived in yeah. Georgia and Texas, just, so you just whatever life is. I'm ready for the. I'm, yeah, I'm a dad that I speak fluent racism. Yeah, was it, like, just hey. just don't. I hope there's no comedy clubs in Polk County. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready to get on um, live TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the shows I got coming up right now, I have a. For size with the comedy is in North. I don't know the name of the venue. It's like uh, it's a it's on size with the comedy that comedy. You go to August twenty fifth, twenty sixth date, and we be selling tickets on the website. It's size with the comedy. It's a uh, I'm missing all this stuff. They're gonna That's okay. This. I'll put it on the I'll put it on Facebook. You we'll just text them in. Yeah, we got your side splitters. We're not gonna let you go down. Yes, yeah, so we never go down. Never gonna go down. <laughs> um. <coughs> But that's it, because uh, COVID messed up everything else. Now, what about online? Do you have social media presence? Do you have Instagram? Do you have Twitter? Do you have I Facebook? Do, have, do you have TikTok? Do you have... I guess you I have TikTok I, anymore. I do have... Do, did they get rid of it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I do have a TikTok. My wife made me delete it, because there's too many girls dancing in yoga pants, so I... Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I'm sorry. I have a, a little ID pad with my Yeah, I just have to borrow your phone later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do... My Instagram and Twitter handle is I'm just underscore JJ, and I'll... Uh, Facebook, you can just type in JJ Curry comedy page and you'll pull me up every time. Have you ever done the improv down here in Ebor? I have ne- never done the improv. Okay. Is that where does that rank? Is that like on, on par with side splitters? Is that above, below? Just It's the bigger club. venue. Yeah. But side splitters is the best club. 
Oh, well, I, I, I feel like there's more people I know at Side Splitters. Yeah. But some of the better shows that I've seen locally, I saw Jesson Link there, and then I saw Charlie Murphy there, which Improv's was pretty good. Improv is a great venue. I mean, it's a great, uh, it's, it's a great venue. Probably do, they have a lot of great shows. They get a lot of comedians that um, I personally like know and stuff like that, but Sasquatch is locally owned, so I got like the local yeah, scene. Yeah, well, not nice. okay. Who are your guys? Who are your guys as far as comedians? Like, as of right now? Yeah. Of course, I, the Deja Pill is like my all time favorite. Did you see the 846 special? Yeah. I wish, I wish, I, I wish someone would try that here. Ooh. Like, so I'm a big, I, I talk about this a lot. Um, one of the types of music I, I listen to comes from the Palm Desert over near California. And mm-hmm. they have the generator parties where they take these batteries and put them out in the desert and they all plug in their instruments and they play. Like you just come and watch them play in the middle of the desert. And when I was watching Chappelle, when I was watching that 846, I was like, he's doing a generator party out on this farm. Oh yeah. And I was just like, you know, that there's no reason why you couldn't go to plant city or go wherever. And, Hook it up and do a an outdoor event. Well, well, I mean, they could. I, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you could do that, but we're yeah, worth a try. There probably was. I mean, there were probably there was a couple people that was in Tulsa trying to do a parking lot shows until Florida was like we opened it back up because no one knew what was going on the first two months. Man, it was just we still don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that first when April once it got past the first two weeks in April, it was people started being like, okay, stuff is getting weird now. How'd your family fare? Did you get anybody in the family with it? Uh, everybody did fine, but they yeah. didn't catch anything yeah. like that. Uh, my mom, my mom, they pretty much. My mom's family, they all shut the house down. They yeah. live in Georgia. They wouldn't even. Yeah. It's, it's for some reason they hit rural areas. <laughs> then um, uh, my brother was my brother and his kids. They all just stayed located. Me personally, I actually went back to the Panhandle, the area where I started comedy at, because I was going through some stuff. So I had to went back to like a little mental. Yeah. Went back to like recalculate myself personally what was going on. Who do you think's got the election in November? Oh, a rapist. No, yeah, <laughs> safe bet. Hedge <laughs> <laughs> your bets. Yeah. A sexual predator definitely yeah, going to yeah, win. Yeah. I just don't know which one. Yeah. The one that grabs or the one that sniffs. Yeah. It's just... That's interesting. I wonder, I wonder, you know, I, I, the, the thing that I think is a lot of people are looking forward to that as being the point that things kind of dial down. And I think that's mm-hmm. foolish. I don't think it's going anywhere. <laughs> it's just going to. I just hope that one day everybody just wake up and be like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, right. Get your Chick-fil-A, get your pickles, and just no, chill out. This is not the way to move to a great life. I'm like, y'all keep on pushing because I'm yeah. going to see and take a nap real I'm quick. Tired. Well, I appreciate you coming by so much. So it was much. a pleasure meeting you. You're hilarious. Uh, I look forward to seeing you live someday. I'm glad uh, Darcy uh, introduced us. Yeah. And All right. Thank you so much. Take, man. I really appreciate it. Take it easy, sir. I'll make sure I bring Ricky. All right. Sounds good.